Welcome to the Highly Sensitive Parenthood Podcast. I'm Amy Laginus, your podcast host and guide to not only surviving, but thriving as a highly sensitive parent. Together, we'll dive into common challenges of highly sensitive parents, hear from other HSPs and empaths about their experiences in parenthood, and learn to honor and celebrate our sensitivity, not only as parents, but as humans. Welcome. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Highly Sensitive Parenthood podcast. I'm Amy Laginus, the coach and creator of the courses at HighlySensitiveParenthood.com. And I'm here today with Laura Hernandez, who is the creator of Mamasystems.net. And we'd love to just have a chat about what it means to meal plan, have family teamwork, and just kind of reduce our stress and the the load that sometimes falls disproportionately on parents and especially us moms um, to create a little more calm in our everyday lives. So welcome, Laura. I'm so happy to have you here. Oh, I'm really excited to be here. This is going to be fun. So I'd love to hear a little bit more about you both personally and professionally, um, especially around mama systems. Yeah. So my husband and I live in the Dallas area and we have 10 kiddos. And three of those were adopted out of foster care. And when we adopted them, we had just had our fifth biological child and moved across the country. And so we went from four kids to eight kids in a span of six months. And it was kind of like somebody just threw me into the ocean, like in the middle of the ocean where I couldn't swim and the waves were crashing down around me. It was crazy. And so that kind of led me to a rock bottom because I felt like I was a pretty good mom before that, right? I had things under control. Life was good. And then all of a sudden I was like, I have no idea how to parent anybody or do anything. Right. And so I started searching for systems to put in place in our home to kind of bring peace, but everything I searched for just did not fit our family. You know, I would find homeschool stuff and be like, oh, okay, this would work, but it doesn't account for the fact that we have therapists in and out of our home all day or, um, caseworkers in and out of our home. And so I finally just was like, okay, I'm going to have to do this myself because nobody has a system that's going to fit for our family. And that process that I walk through is now what I get to walk other mamas through and helping them create systems for their home um, so that they can have peace and be intentional with their people. Because I think that's so important. Absolutely. I love that, um, that you saw this sort of need, this gap and stepped in, um, in in many ways, that's what I did also with highlysensitiveparenthood.com. I was like, well, I'm a highly sensitive parent and there's like one or two books out there and that's it. But there's there wasn't like something that was really practical and actionable. And I, I, you know, looking over at mama systems, I can see that that's what you're up to over there too. It's like something that's not just sort of like a vague philosophy, but also something that's really applicable and, and works for, for real people and a real family in this day and age. Um, So I'm really excited to hear more about, um, yeah, specifically kind of like what, what is mama systems? Like, what are some of those systems that you have found that work for your family? Yeah. So mama systems is the name of my company mm-hmm. and it's kind of where I get to coach people and help them figure out the systems that work for them. Mm-hmm. And I think systems are so important because it's whatever we can offload of our brain. We as mamas have so much going on in our brain all the time. And then especially if we just have extra sensory things going on and extra three of our kiddos have special needs. And so there's just a lot and there's so much that we're carrying and we have to keep mental load track of. Right. And so whatever we can give to something else or someone else is a system. So that could be automating diaper delivery to your home. It could be 
um, having a good chore system in place for your kids so that they're responsible for things and not just you. It could be asking your husband to do something or having a cleaning lady come. Whatever, like whatever you need help with, that's where we're getting those systems in place. Mm-hmm. So those are kind of the areas that we can work on. And it's it's anything. It yeah. is anything that's overwhelming to you. And it could be like, hey, you know what? Laundry is the most overwhelming thing to you. So let's really figure out, is it best for you to have just one laundry day? Or just have two laundry days where you're only thinking about it two days a week instead of constantly, you know, just simple things like that that we can automate or batch together that will make your life so much calmer. Yeah. Oh my gosh. It's, I think it's so important. And I, I honestly think it's not talked about enough, like how important those systems and those automations can be. Um, and I, I like that you you touched on sort of uh, different factors, like sensory factors. And, you know, many of my listeners, I would say probably most, if not all, are highly sensitive or love somebody who is. And a lot of highly sensitive parents that I work with top out at like one or two kids. I'm, I topped out at two. I've worked with several clients who are like one and like already that is enough stimulation, enough input. Um, for me and enough sort of like over overwhelm. And of course we, we, we love our children. We want to be the best parents we can be. Um, and so I think everybody's, everybody just has different thresholds, different needs, different things that do feel overwhelming for them and different things that maybe they can lean into and really enjoy. So for example, you know, we're talking about meal planning today. And I would say for the most part, that's something that, and, and among other things, for the most part, I like to meal plan. I like food. I like trying new recipes. I like um, shopping at certain grocery stores, not all because some of them are really overwhelming. So that's something that I'm like, yeah, okay, I got this most of the time. Occasionally it becomes too much. And then I, um, you know, I've done things like HelloFresh or just like done more takeout or done more sort of like prepared meals from outside sources um, when it's feeling overwhelming. Um, but sometimes it's something that I really enjoy. So I think there's like a few sides to this too, right? That to capitalize and to leverage the things, the parts of parenthood and the parts of running a household that are enjoyable. And those parts that you just dread or feel overwhelmed by seeing what you can do to, um, to decrease that load on yourself. Yes. I love <laughs> that you threw in like takeout and stuff there too. Cause I think meal planning can be, you know what, Friday night, we're always doing pizza, right? We're always going to order Domino's. We're going to have that on automate. It's going to just come to our house. Like, oh my goodness. That's so life to know that Friday you're not doing anything to prep for dinner. Right. Um, And I think that, oh my goodness, Loki, it's like sitting down to meal plan. I hear that it's life-giving for you, which is wonderful. (laughs) For a lot of people, it's not. And so I have no idea what to do or what to cook or. And so for those moments, I like to kind of, hey, let's narrow down the scope a little bit. Mm-hmm. what are some things that your family does love to eat and how can we kind of create days and theme meals around that and not that we're going to be doing hard shell ground beef tacos every Tuesday but taco Tuesday means we're thinking Mexican genre let's sure. get quesadillas on the meal plan for this week so we just have every Tuesday is taco Tuesday and then I know from my select little variety of little Mexican foods what I can put in that slot right and so narrowing down the scope that way and giving theme meals for each day is mm-hmm. a lovely way to do that. Um, another thing that I have loved and tried is emails. I don't know if you've heard about this before. Yes, I've actually, I've had a client use it and suggest it so, so that I can suggest to other parents, actually. Yes, email. Okay, well, here it is. Yeah, let me tell you about it. So <laughs> it, it teams up. It's an app or a service. I don't know. It's free. No, it's not. I lied. 
don't say it's free. I think it's really low cost though. Or, it is. Or like maybe like twenty nine dollars a year or something. There's like a maybe a free version. There's I think there's several sort of iterations of this, and if if you want them to like add to your cart, then it costs. But if you just want them to spit out the grocery list, it's free. Something like that. Yeah. Okay. Well, yeah. I found the magic is when it adds to your cart. Yeah. <laughs> because what I can do is I can open it up and be like, oh, that looks good. I think my kids will eat that. I'm gonna add these five dinners to our meal plan this week, mm-hmm. and then. It shows you all the ingredients, everything you would need to buy. If you already have that ingredient, you don't have to buy it, right? Mm-hmm. But it automatically loads it. Um, we're Walmart people. Sure. They deliver, it's whatever, we're Walmart people. But it connects to whatever grocery store you love. And it puts it in your grocery cart for you. Mm-hmm. So you can just say yes, yes, yes. And you're done grocery shopping and meal planning within like 10 minutes. That's life-giving. Absolutely. And we saved you so much time. <laughs> so worth the little investments in those little things to automate your world. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I think it brings up a, a broader point too of, um, you know, I, I talked to a lot of parents who are like, oh, gosh, why is this so hard? And a lot of us moms do take on sort of this like executive manager of the household role of like, okay, I got to keep track of like, like you mentioned, like, when do I order those diapers so that they don't run out? Oh, shoot. Like it's, you don't want to get to five o'clock and you don't have anything to feed your family. Right. So there's these things that like, we have to be on top of, you know, this birthday party's tomorrow. I don't have a gift for this kid yet. We need to be managing those mentally. And, and often we're the ones managing it logistically too. And so I think what's, what's really cool about your, what you're doing is you're automating um, or outsourcing some of the tasks, just like you'd see in sort of like the corporate world, right? Like the manager doesn't always usually doesn't also carry out the task they're just managing and overseeing making sure everything's on track and there's other people actually executing or other systems actually executing on what needs to be done and I think too often as moms we try to take all of that on and we we really don't need to right like technology makes things more complicated in a lot of ways but why not also enjoy the benefits that it has amen (laughs) I don't preach so yes Yes, yes, yes. And I love, there's a few things that you said that I'm like, yes, we need to talk about that. Um, I love that you said five o'clock and <laughs> for meals because that's what we have a timer on my phone and, and all throughout the house that goes off at five o'clock. Mm-hmm. And that's what I know I need to go in there and start cooking dinner because otherwise I forget. Yeah. And so doing things like that, that are like, you know what? I need to be in the kitchen by 445 if I'm going to feed people by 515 so nobody gets hangry. Like whatever yeah. those things are, we got to figure that out. And just set a little reminder so that's not on you. It's now on the device you have in your in your hand or in your home, right? Mm-hmm. That is an amazing, amazing tip. Yeah. With that, I love to think of this analogy of being a manager of our home. If you were to walk into a Starbucks and there's only one person in there and he's managing the drive-through, he's also trying to get your drink order while sweeping the floor and trying to order things in the back for next week's delivery that they're going to have. Like it would be mass chaos. And you'd be like, no, thank you. I don't really want you to cook, like have my drink ready. Like I'll, I'll leave and go somewhere else. Right. Yeah. I feel like that's the kind of environment we, we create for ourselves in our homes because we're trying to do it all. Mm-hmm. And so if we can just move into that, you know what, I'm in charge here, mm-hmm. we can delegate things out. We can ask our team or kiddos to help do things around the house, like that's okay. And that's really good for them. Um, If we can kind of get to that space, life 
and family and home can be so much more peaceful. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, I, I saw this thing on, um, on Instagram the other day that was something along the lines of, you know, American moms in particular, but motherhood in general, these days, it's, we're constantly caught between, um, being, being productive and being present. And we feel guilty kind of either way. Oh my gosh, I'm not doing enough. I'm such a hot mess. My dinner is not, the dinner's not ready. The house is a mess. Or I'm a bad mom because I, I barely looked at my kids or paid attention to them all day. I keep on telling them, no, not right now. I can't pay attention right now because I'm do- folding laundry. I'm doing this. I'm doing that. Um, and I, I know, I'm guessing all of us have felt that it, at some point, probably most of us on a daily basis, but to, to create some systems that reduce the, the productivity load or that, that spread it out more equitably among, you know, your, your partner, your children, your family, other, other, you know, members of society, especially in these sort of like, these moments where life is more chaotic. And I think we all have them. Um, I, I work often with, um, pregnancy and postpartum. And sometimes I see moms just like trying to maintain like in the first few weeks. And I'm like, if you can, if, if your budget allows for, even if it's tight, consider, you know, hiring some help, consider, you know, ordering some meals in, or, or just, I don't even want to say splurge, but know that you're going to need a little bit more logistical support during certain periods. And, and just be honest with yourself about that. I know, you know, my, when my work ebbs and flows, sometimes I, I'm like, I can't do the meal planning thing. I need to rely on something another service or I need to whatever increase the support because I want to be more present with my my family or with myself a lot of the time too that I start losing it amidst all the to-dos um so it really you know it's a it's a I'm a therapist as well um in California um and and so it's about mental health too is mental health and relational health with your your kids and your spouse and um you know, that's what this is in service of. So when we can have these tangible um, measures that we can put into place, it's so valuable. So, yeah, yeah it really is. And I think that's so wise thinking through, oh my goodness, this is going to be a really hard season. Mm-hmm. Support myself. Like you're taking care of yourself in the future. And I think that's a beautiful thing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, okay. I know um, we've talked about a few different, few different things. I mentioned that, you know, on the Highly Sensitive Parent, Parenthood podcast, I'm a lot of the time focusing on high sensitivity, um, HSP trait for, for parents and for kids, which I consider part of just neurodivergence, neurodiversity in general. Um, and I know you, you know, you have a larger family. Uh, I'm guessing you have a few highly sensitive folks in your midst, or um, you mentioned some neurodiversity. So I'm curious to hear about how, what that's been like for your family. Yeah. I mean, it's been a lot. I, I never would have thought or signed up to be a special needs parent, mm-hmm. um, but pretty much all of my children have some form of diagnosis. Like we have, mm-hmm. my daughter has Tourette's, um, almost all of them have ADHD or, um, depression, anxiety. And that's just my husband and I's lovely genes coming together <laughs> along yeah. with the trauma of our three special needs buddies, um, mm-hmm. who have fetal alcohol spectrum disorder. Um, and if I could take a hot minute, sure. if you're okay with this, mm-hmm. so fetal alcohol spectrum disorder, I love to educate on because nobody really knows about it and nobody really talks about it. And it's a really big deal. It's one in 20 kids mm-hmm. in the U S so 
almost in every classroom, there is a kid affected by FASD. And we don't talk about it and we don't give, um, we don't give the space to be able to diagnose or like there's so much shame and um, just hiding with this diagnosis that doctors don't even want to diagnose because of it. And I think it's important that we start having conversations about it and really talk about it more. So that's my, go look it up, go educate yourself. You need to know about it. Um, Especially if you're in the foster adoptive community, it's like 70% of kids in foster care have some form of FASD. Wow. Those, those numbers are really, I would say a lot higher than I would have expected, but thank you for bringing, for shedding light on that. Um, Yeah. It's not something that, that I consider very often, but clearly should. Yeah. Yeah. It's a really big deal. And often people think of the FAS part, the fetal alcohol syndrome part, which is actually only 8% of the whole spectrum disorder. Mm. People are just looking at this one little part over here and we're ignoring the rest of this. All that to say, there's a lot going on here in our home. Mm -hmm. Um, And I have found that I have become more, more of a sensitive soul as I've, as we've grown and as um, different things come out. And so this is why one of the reasons why I love talking about meal planning in this dinner time, because our dinner times used to be like, oh my gosh, just be quiet and eat your food and stop talking. Like everything is so loud all at once, all the kids, you know? And so one of the things that we've done to kind of bring a little bit of peace to that is to be really intentional about our meal times. So when we're all sitting down, we have family dinner, but we're taking that time to be intentional and talk about our emotions. We go around and do highs and lows. So everybody can hear about everybody's day. It's a time that everybody knows they're going to get to be listened to by their siblings and um, really heard for what's been going on with them. And then with each high and each low, everybody's to name a feeling. And so this is to help with like emotional education and mm-hmm. um, their emotional IQs to get them naming their feelings and really talking about what's going on with them and how things made them feel. And it's been so great because dinner time is less chaotic because we're all not shouting over each other. We're taking turns and everyone's quiet and listening. And my children are not perfect by any stretch of the imagination. So do, please do not picture <laughs> little angel sitting around the table. That's not what's happening. But we know the expectation and we know that we're going to sit and we're going to listen. Um, so that's just been really life-giving for my for my soul at dinner time to kind of lessen some of the crazy. Yeah, I love that idea. I, you know, growing up, um, we did something sort of similar I have no idea where it came from, honestly, but we called it talking Teddy. And we had this little, I want to say it was like a, like a jar, like a honey jar or something like that. I don't know, but we would pass it around and whoever had the talking Teddy would kind of have the floor would share about their day. And I remember as a kid, definitely having that feeling of like, this is my time to share. And like, I'm so excited to be able to be heard and, and, and to like hear from my, my family. (laughs) But honestly, as a highly sensitive parent now, I'm like, oh my gosh, the noise reduction alone, right? Like not having all these people talking over each other, um, having a little more peace and quiet while also being really present with people, which is such an important value for many of us. Um, it really is, you know, I don't use this word often, but it's a hack. It's kind of a hack, a parenting hack um, <laughs> to, to, to accomplish many of our goals at once. So um, yeah, thank you for that reminder. Having those little hab- those habits, those like rituals in place, I think is so important. Yeah. And it creates something beautiful that hopefully my kids will 
20 years be talking about it, you know? Yeah, yeah exactly, exactly. Um, so, okay, moving on to this idea of sort of this family teamwork. Um, you've mentioned that, you've touched on that a few times as you've talked about, you know, having kids sort of help out and, and giving them um, responsibilities within the family. I I think when I hear that, I often think of things like, like chore charts, um, but I wonder if, if that's how you do it or if it's more of this like overall ethos of how your family works together, like values-based, or maybe it's both. I don't know. Yes, to both. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I, I think that it's really, really important that we kind of show up as a team. Like we stick together, we help each other out. We're going to do this. We're going to take care. We live on a couple of acres. So I'm like, when we're doing jobs and stuff, we're going to take care of our land. We're going to um, take care of our house because this is what's been given to us and we're going to steward it well. And so just kind of constantly trying to build in that, that verbiage and everything that we do, I think is key. One of the ways that we do this is by having a great chore system in place. And I think that often people think chore chart, they think like check boxes and things like that. And that kind of stresses me out if we're going to be honest. <laughs> Some people I think maybe thrive with that. I sure. do not remember because I'm like, who's checking to see if you put a check mark and then are you just putting check marks on everything? Like, yeah, it's just too much. Fun. <laughs> um, but it could work for some people and that's amazing and great. Our kiddos, we kind of design our afternoon jobs. We have our morning jobs that are kind of like roommate responsibilities of things that I'm like, I want you to know how to do this when you're a roommate to someone else. I want you to know how to pick up after yourself. I want you to know how to put your dirty clothes in the dirty clothes and, you know, whatever those things are. That's kind of our morning, like hygiene, stuff like that. In the afternoon, everybody has three kind of scope of jobs. That's not a real sentence. <laughs> I think that you hear what I'm saying. Yes, I do. Scopes of jobs. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> categories. That's a much better word. Um, so one being that they're helping get ready for dinner. And so that could be my oldest daughter watching the baby while I'm cooking dinner. It could be the three-year-old putting silverware on the table uh, while you're cooking dinner. The idea here is not that they would go in there and make a luxury meal and serve you hand and foot. The idea is that they're coming in and joining you in on the process of cooking. Mm -hmm. for and so that three-year-old who's used to, you know, mom's in there cooking, I'm going to come help. That's going to grow into a much more sufficient child who can help you cook dinner and get things on the table and learn those skills that they need to learn anyway, right? So we're just kind of building in that habit for them. Um, number two, getting ready for school. And so whatever that looks like for that child, they are in charge of it. So packing backpack, making their lunch, getting things ready, getting paper signed, laying out clothes, finding glasses and shoes and all the things that we always lose first thing in the morning. Those all need to be where they're supposed to be. Um, finally, everybody has a zone that they're in charge of. So that's just an area of the house that we're going to be real simple about it. We're going to be real clear about it. So it could be, Hey, the living room and the blankets and pillows. My, that's what my son, Sam is in charge of. And it's super easy because I know exactly what he's in charge of. And so when I walk by that room, I know if he's done his job or not, uh, he knows what's expected of him right? Um, so it could be something like an actual room or it could be something like, Hey, the Legos all over the house. That's your job every day is to do a walkthrough and make sure there's no Legos in the house. Mm -hmm. And again, this is kind of building in that this is our home. We're going to take care of it together. And the joy of doing it all together at five o'clock. I mean, yeah. there's so much there, but we're doing that teamwork. We're all doing it together, right? It's like a together activity. Expectations are set. 
nobody's saying like, but he's not having to do anything. No, nope. mm-hmm. we're all doing it together. And so this is lovely. Also, because here's just my ugly, gross heart that you're about to hear. <laughs> I used to stand in the kitchen, like making dinner. They're watching TV, messing up the living room that I cleaned up earlier that day. And my heart is just becoming bitter and ticked off at that moment. Just my mood is just going downhill. Right. Mm-hmm. But I've noticed that whenever we're all okay, guys, it's time for five o'clock jobs, mm-hmm. which I can say that, but also we have the devices in our house. So they're the bad guys. We have expectations. So again, I'm not telling them what to do. I'm like, look at your chart. And they go look at their chart to figure out what they need to do if they forget what they're supposed to do. And it just creates this unity. Again, we're not magical angels dancing around home cleaning it, right? But it does create this unity where it feels like, okay, we're all working together as a team. It's not just mom doing everything. Yeah. Yeah. And one of the, that sort of bitterness or resentment, I think is something that I would imagine most moms have felt at some point of like, hello, look at everything that I'm doing. And not only are, is, are other people not helping, but they're actively messing up what I'm, what I already did you know, to tidy, whatever. Um, so, I, you know, this idea of everybody doing it at the same time, not only lightens the load, but I think it also makes, makes everybody's contributions visible in a way that if you are doing it sort of asynchronously, maybe it would be less visible, but when you're, you know, scattered around the house and like one person's doing this and one person's doing that. Um, You know, I have have a smaller family. I have two kids and, you know, me and my husband, but I will say like when I'm, let's say, um, I don't know, folding laundry and I can hear my husband doing dishes. I feel a lot better about that than if I'm folding laundry and he's zoning out on his phone on the couch. I'm like, seriously, (laughs) here I'm working hard and you're not working hard. Not that it, and and I can catch myself and be like, oh, okay, but he wakes up earlier for me than work and he does these other things and all that's well and good. But I think there's something to be said for doing these tasks at the same time so that we all know we're contributing and feel seen in our contributions. It's just would make a world of difference. I can see. Yeah, it really does. Mm-hmm. Um. So you mentioned a little bit about theme meals, and I would imagine that helps with, um, well, you mentioned it helps with the the planning, just like the overall planning of them. But I, I would imagine for picky eaters too, just to know what is expected. And people who, for whatever reason, whether it's diagnosis or sensitivity or whatever, just prefer a... Um, I guess, a known quantity, right? Like they know they wake up on Tuesday morning, they know they're getting some sort of Mexican food for dinner and they don't have to wonder and have that take up their brain. Um, So uh, tell me more about like what sort of theme meals that your family does, Taco Taco Tuesday or Mexican Tuesday? Yes, Um, Monday we do crock pot or Instapot. And Wednesday is breakfast. I know these are like super easy and I feel like in different seasons, you know what? Easy is great. We can get more elaborate later, but easy is great right now. Thursday is Italian or pasta night. And then Friday is our pizza night. And then Saturday and Sunday, either we are doing leftovers or uh, my husband and I go out and kids do hot dogs or something like that. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But kind of, again, narrowing down those decisions, like we're making 35,000 decisions a day, I believe something ridiculous like that. I think moms is probably a lot more humble. (laughs) Um, And so whatever decisions we can take out, whatever things we can narrow down our focus. Oh my goodness. It gives us so much life. It really does help just bring peace to that planning time. 
Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, okay, we have these systems with, with that mama system sets up with, with meal planning and then with sort of like house cleaning. Um, are there any other areas like that are a little more automated? You mentioned sort of like going out with your husband and that piqued my curiosity a little bit. Is that part of automated for you? What's automated? It is because okay. it won't happen if we don't do that. <laughs> Like I mean, we, I've talked to moms before and they're like, I, I don't know when the last time we had a date night was, Yeah, and I cannot think of it, but I know we're going to have a date night every week. Like we have a planned, we have our babysitter set and it's always better to set your babysitter and then have to cancel instead of the other way around, because mm -hmm. again, it won't happen if it's not planned. Mm -hmm. So we need to plan those times and really be intentional with those. And I think especially just, I think is being more more sensitive and having kiddos that are more sensitive. like there's just so much is required of us and so we're so drained and so really being intentional with that time so that you can connect and and be vulnerable with um, your spouse I think is amazing right right and you know I would add to that too for a lot of highly sensitive people we need um alone time just like we need sleep or or food um mm -hmm. it, it's part of it's part of our hygiene and if we don't have it um, I've seen this time and time again in my own life and with, you know, my, my clients who are parents and, and highly sensitive that if they don't have that alone time, things go off the rails and, and, and it's really, really hard to function. Um, so, you know, automating that alone time too, in addition to time with your partner, I think it's really important. And I, I actually use a, use a timer for that as well sometimes, or, or an alarm. And I actually, so I, I use an alarm sometimes. And then I, when I am like, okay, it's time for me to take a break from, you know, my work or from cleaning or, or whatever, I will actually set a timer for a specific amount of time. Maybe it's 20 minutes, maybe it's five minutes, maybe it's 30 minutes. I, usually it's a, you know, kind of short to medium amount of time. And I know that until that timer rings, I can do whatever the heck I want. I can get in the shower. I can just lay on my bed and close my eyes. I can listen to an audiobook. I can play a game on my phone. I can, wh whatever it is that I'm going to need to do during that time to just sort of decompress and have some alone time, that time's protected until that timer goes off. And I don't need to be thinking about what other, thing, other things I need to do or feeling guilty for taking that time. It just happens. So that's, that's my little, my, my spiel for, for HSP is like that. That's part of, part of the systems we can put into place too, is, you know, whether for ourselves or, or automating care so that we don't have to think about that. Um, and even automate, you know, this goes back to automating those, those responsibilities, those chores too. Um, and this comes up a lot with, with my clients around, um, feeling guilty to ask for help with childcare, with house stuff, but I'll use childcare as an example where they're like, oh gosh, like I really could use time to like go to a yoga class or like just go on a walk by myself or, but I just feel bad asking my husband or I feel bad asking my, you know, my mom or my babysitter or whatever. And my number one tip for that is just automating it. You don't even, so you don't have to second guess yourself. You don't have to feel guilty. You don't have to wonder whether or not it can happen. It just is part of the expectation that, hey, every um, Saturday morning, you're off from nine to 11. That's, you are not on for parenting. You're not on for house cleaning. 
that's your time and you don't need to ask permission for what you're going to do with it. It's, it's a way to kind of reclaim a little bit of independence and um, to reconnect with yourself. Um, so that's, that's an autom I guess it's an automation that I, I suggest to my clients a lot of the time as well. Yes. I love that. I love it so much. I actually have a self-care guide that I know the self-care word is like, you know, whatever yeah, yeah. for everything, but this sure. is like, this is for real though. Let's yeah. <laughs> this is good, Laura. Okay. What in this guide, we talk about, Hey, what is going to fill you up? What do you need on a regular basis? What do you need on a daily basis, a weekly basis and a monthly basis? Mm. And then we kind of walk through, how are we going to make that happen? And so it really helps you kind of think through, okay, I think I need time every morning. Like that's what I need every day. I need a hot cup of coffee and quiet in the morning before my children wake up. And so then how am I going to make that happen? Okay. Well, that means I need to ask my husband to do X, Y, Z. So kind of thinking through those steps, I think is very helpful. And then kind of going to like the worst case scenario of what are they going to say if I ask, like, mm -hmm. do I really think that they're going to slap me in the face and walk away and never talk to me again? Like, is that really what I think is going to happen? Mm -hmm. um, and then how would a friend respond yeah. to this situation? Like, how would I respond to a friend in this situation? And just kind of trying to build that, that empathy for yourself and that compassion and self-care for yourself, I think is so beautiful. And so this is not the self-care guide is not like, let's go schedule a manicure because that will mm -hmm. fill you up. Like this is like, Hey, once you to think about what really fills you up mm -hmm. and how are we going to make time for it? Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. And you know, even when, when we make changes like this, especially if we're sort of setting boundaries around our time and energy and, and outsourcing, if that's a change for people, you know, pe there might be some resistance. Like, yeah, the worst case scenario is very unlikely to come true, but you know, I know sometimes, at least, at least if I tried to implement all of this, like right away with my kids, they'd probably be like, oh, seriously, like, I don't know, but I, what am I going to, right? I'm going to come against some, maybe some grumbling, maybe some resistance. And I would imagine that's something that you, you know, with your coaching, help people work through and like, you know, find some patience to to move through that, that period of transition as they're implementing these systems. Um but it's the kind of thing where, you know, it may be hard at first, like, like potty training a kid or like sleep. My sister's trying to uh, night wean. And I'm like, I, I feel so bad because it feels in the rear view for me. I'm like, I don't, it's hard for me to remember. Um, but I'm like, you know, like a few years from now, you're going to be on the other side and it's going to, and you won't even have, this won't even be part of your daily thought. And it's also super hard right now, but it's the kind of thing where it's, if you put that effort in and, and you kind of. Uh, get through that really tough time the payoff is going to be long term and on a daily basis where she's going to have this relief and I think for you know implementing some of these systems there might be a little bit of um initial sort of like speed bump or like some challenges or barriers or, or, or difficulties that arise as people are trying to put this into place both in terms of their own internal sort of blocks like oh, whatever I'm just going to do it myself or maybe this is too much or what if they get mad but once things are are in place, they they can sort of self um, propel. You know, things move forward, and there's less work to to be done than you are currently doing. So, yes, and I think the fruit and benefits of both the care that you put into this for yourself and for your people, like the long term benefits of them doing well in college and them succeeding in life and having better jobs, and like those are all side effects of given responsibilities when they're young. And so yeah. just keeping that picture in mind of like, yeah, they're grumbling now, but 
you know what? They're learning how to be hard workers. They're learning how to do things even when it's not fun, which mm-hmm. is kind of a big, a big problem. Yeah. <laughs> talk about that for a hot minute, but Very true. it's a big problem. And so we need to be training our people to be able to do hard things. Like they can do hard things and they need to know they can. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I feel like we've covered a lot of ground here and I'm guessing there's going to be some listeners who are curious to hear more about mama systems and, you know, some of your ideas and maybe find some support from you. So where can listeners find you and connect with you? Yeah. So mamasystems.net is my website and I'm on Instagram and Facebook and all the things just at mama systems. And I would love to share that free um, self-care guide with your lovely ladies and put that down in the, in the show notes. Yeah, that sounds great. We'll, uh, we'll get that in the show notes for you all. And I believe you have some, is it courses and coaching that you offer? Yes. Okay. Okay. Um, so, and, and, you know, for those of you who are listening and are unfamiliar with my courses and coaching, I'm doing something similar, but, um, with a different topic, right? So supporting highly sensitive parents and highly sensitive kids. Um, and I think, you know, our, what we do is really complementary to one another. So I hope that listeners can gain some ideas and, you know, whether you have a large family, a small family, everyone's needs are so different, whether you're working from home, working outside the home, working as a stay at home parent. Um, I think there's something to be gained here for everybody and just, you know, making it work for you and your unique situation. So yes, Amy, thank you so much for having me today. Yes. Thank you so much for being here, Laura. It's been wonderful to chat with you. You as well. Thanks for joining us on the Highly Sensitive Parenthood podcast. For more resources, including our blog, toolkit, and online course for highly sensitive parents, visit highlysensitiveparenthood.com.